2: True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast
3: Named after the road that led to it Boggo Road Jail dominated the Brisbane skyline for 109 years Boggo Road had the infamous Black Peter cells
4: Dark cells and the gallows There are many creepy tales of ghostly warders on duty and inmates that still wander through the corridors. Over a hundred people died while being held prisoner at Boggo Road, many of them as suicides and the occasional murder.
3: We offer a warning that some of the content in this episode will involve subjects that are of very dark nature and may not be suitable for sensitive young ears. Be warned... Bogo Road Jail has a history of evil that still has the ability to affect you today. Welcome to this week's episode of the True Hauntings
4: Podcast. I'm Anne Reckovich. And I'm Renata Daniel. And we invite you to listen to the gory stories of Bogo Road Jail.
2: Anne and Renata. And in the darkest corners of our minds, it follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings.
3: Renata, We're in lockdown and I'm going nuts. and I'm running out of good stuff
4: to watch on the internet. Yeah, that's for sure. Have you ever tried to watch something on YouTube and it says, content not available in your location? Doesn't it drive you angry? Or longingly look at what is on Netflix in the USA or BBC iPlayer and think, why can't I watch that too?
3: Yeah, it is just so frustrating. But... We have Surfshark and if you subscribe to them and use their VPN, you can access all those amazing sites and watch so much amazing content like Winona Earp. Uh, What's Winona Earp? It's on Netflix. It's this... Fantastic show. It's all like supernatural stuff and there's demons and it's a bit of a cross of supernatural and Van Helsing. Anyway, you've got to watch it. Only available in America at the moment, but now I watch it.
4: Okay, so does that mean we can research the best content for our True Hauntings podcast? And does it keep us safe from those pesky sticky beaks who watch what we're watching? Yeah, it does. Oh, so it keeps our online identity safe using their VPN. What's a VPN, Virtual
3: Private Network which is provided by Surfshark and we've got a special deal for you guys if you go to Surfshark and enter in the code hauntings you will get 83% off and 3 months extra for free oh that's amazing isn't that just freaking awesome I'm going to do that right now and you know you can also get a 30 day money back guarantee so if you don't like what it provides then you can just opt out easy as that so thank you Surfshark and guys support the company that supports our work Hey
4: Anne, welcome back to the studio.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Renata. It's so nice to see your
4: face. Mm, we're hiding in a dark corner here, um, yeah. just after our podcast that or our, our radio show that we've yeah. done. And it, it's actually quite spooky here, isn't it? It is. It we, is. we thought
3: we might actually do an, uh, a spirit box session here one night, but we'll have to ask permission before we do yes. that. Yes.
4: So this is this is a um, a very large building. It used to be a boxing gym. Yeah, that's all kind of open, so it may hold some interesting stories. It might, mm-hmm. and then, and the actual
3: radio booths are up on a platform. On um, well, you can imagine the boxing ring. How you've got that raised and the rings on top of it. Well, they've built the the booth on top of that. Raised platform, and the booths are all very schmick and new, they and are. air conditioned. And there's mm-hmm. buttons that you shouldn't touch because you could just send the whole network off the air. Mm-hmm. But it's all right. We're sitting in the spare studio, and we're just just quietly doing our work, aren't we? Yes,
4: it's all good. Now we've it's got some good. great news. Yes, oh, we've been sitting on this for a while. Mm-hmm. We're adding to our stable of. Podcasts and radio shows and all of the type of stuff that we do because we don't have enough to do as it is absolutely and uh, this time we're going to America.
3: Mm, well, our voices and our images will be going to
4: America, but not us physically yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, too soon. I can smell it. It's, I can smell it it's in It's going the to air. be our
3: first trip because they've just announced that Qantas is flying again and they're going to start mid-December and uh, America and England are on their list to start flying. Uh, and we have credits that have to be used by the end of March 2022 mm-hmm. with United. So United better get flying so that we can go and use our credits. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we'll have to go to America. Absolutely. Ooh, absolutely. We're off topic. What were we talking about? We were talking about the, the boxing studio and,
4: oh, the Spirit Realm Spirit, Network. Spirit <sighs> Realm Network.
3: So we are going to be there on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time in America, and that would be in Australia Fridays at 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Of course, that will change when we go into daylight savings time, but let's not talk about that. It's no. too confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to be doing supernatural Stories, mm-hmm. weird stories from around the world and supernatural stories. And uh, we're just going kind to of have a jolly good old time for an hour.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Just a lot more cracking up and yeah. um, making me lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find that. Um, I think
3: it's actual, uh, it's on the internet is yes, the
4: Spirit Realm Network. Yeah. yeah.
3: So just search the Spirit Realm Network and you'll be able to find our show on there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. It's all very new to us, but we'll, uh, we'll find out more for next week. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, I'm sure. Oh, we well, don't start until the, the 9th. 9th of September in America, 10th of September in Australia.
4: And spring will have arrived and I can smell spring outside yeah. actually. Yeah, I had one of those moments the other day and I was saying to my
3: husband, there are certain days that it it feels like a holiday and I think it's a scent in the air mm-hmm. and it just must trigger a childhood memory of happy times and
4: holidays. Mm-hmm. And I got that whiff the other day and I went, mm-hmm. oh, it feels like a holiday. Mm. You usually start to smell jasmine. And, um, yeah, the, the flowers that, that are blooming. And, uh, of course, the flies. We had our first fly. I've had into, mosquito
3: bites already. <laughs>
4: come into the house um, just a day or two ago. So we know Christmas is close by <laughs> and Halloween. Let's not forget Halloween. Halloween's first. And spring and all of that. Yep. So.
3: All right. Well, I think, I think it's time. It's time. Let's get on with Bogo Road Jail. The dark cell is a building below the level of the ground. You go down a flight of steps into it. There are in fact two cells, one to the right of the stairs, one to the left. Not a ray of light of any description can enter. There are double doors and bare walls and floor. It is full of fleas and has a kind of dungeon atmosphere about it. Not easily described. 24 ounces of bread and two quarts of water is the allowance for 24 hours. This is put in at noon of each day. And for seven days, that is the only indication you have of what time is. We walls know something about what seven days in the black hole is. A man we recollect got 7 days. He told us afterwards something like this: I tried to make out my my case before the visiting justice, but the evidence was on the other side. Smarting with the injustice of the sentence, I could have murdered anyone who touched me. 24 hours was endurable, but it was summertime and the heat grew intolerable on the second day, or sometime before the bread and water came round for the second time. I drank all the water straight off in the first half hour and was soon raging with thirst again. I tried to keep still and quiet, but it was no use. Imagination soon began to work. I felt loathsome. Reptiles crawl over me and yelled with fright at their clammy touch. I saw the hangman with his ghastly face trying to catch hold of me. I felt from corner to corner of the narrow cell. I shouted at the top of my voice for assistance and prayed to be let out. I fought with the wall and fell down bruised and helpless in the effort. The momentary exhaustion passed and again I wrestled with the hangman and his crew. I suffered all the tortures of uncontrollable thirst and finally lost consciousness. How long unconsciousness lasted I have no idea. There was another day's ration in the cell when I once more became aware of my locality and the day after there came another ration. So long as prisoners ramp and rave in the dark cell, it is all right. They can stay in, but it is too quiet now. And on the fifth day, they investigated the cell. I don't know much about that investigation, but it was conceded that I had had enough of the black hole. And so I had, for then and always... So that uh, soundscape today came from the Boggo Road, Road Jail website from 1883 and describes the aspects of life in the HM Brisbane. Uh, and it's thought that this uh, Petri Terrace, it was called, closed in July 1883 and was superseded by the, by the Boggo Road Jail. So this is just sort of showing the foundations and the horror of the land and the environment that this jail has been built on. But to go into that a little bit more, I'm going to hand over to you, Renata.
4: Oh, thank you, Anne. And should I mention um, a few of the issues that I had writing this? (laughs) Why not? Let's
3: let's spread the joy that I got to watch earlier today. (laughs) Just before we were about to go live with the show, she's like freaking out.
4: Yeah, there's, I lost all of my notes, all the notes that I had prepared and written all over to give you all the information about all the things that I'd discovered. Gone. 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 <laughs> Gone. <laughs> so some dear souls are still with us when it comes to mentioning and talking about... Sorry, I just the the
3: air conditioning just came on in the studio and it just blew everything away. (laughs) I'm telling you. Oh, we're treading on. Yeah, Yeah, it's almost like they didn't want this story
4: to be told. No, they they? didn't. No, no. Some stories are just so dark, they need to be left all
3: alone. That Austin dude, I'm telling you.
4: Mm. In the 1850s, the district where the jail was subsequently located. Was unofficially known as Bogo. And by 1860, the track through the area was known as Bogo Road. Now, there are many different reasonings as to why it's called Bogo Road. Um, I love the one that tells us that it was named after the fact that when it rained and rained, oh, the road guess. would get.
3: Oh boggy. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so Australian. We're very good at naming roads like that, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. And
4: uh, back in the 1800s there would still be horse and cart or um, oxen mm-hmm. bringing things up to the the jail and so it was very, very difficult to get up there in the boggy. The boggy? The boggy.
3: Oh, was that the buggy that the, they had the trouble boggy. getting up there or the boggy?
4: <laughs> the, it was very difficult getting up there in the buggy on the boggy. <laughs> Uh, And so they called it Boggo Road. Now, another theory is that boggo or bloggo or bolgo was a corruption of an Aboriginal word word meaning two leaning trees. And uh, there are actually two leaning trees around that area. Oh, fancy there being two leaning trees somewhere near the bush. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, These two prominent trees are either at One Mile Swamp um, or what is now known Wilkin Street off Annerley Road for anyone that lives up around that area. Uh, Another possibility is that Boggo Road was an unofficial and unmaintained shortcut uh, between Ipswich Road and Stanley Street that became very boggy after rain and of course shortcuts were everywhere in the bush in those days and uh, Boggo Road was officially renamed Annalee Road in 1903 but the the term Boggo Road for the jail um Stayed, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. all liked it because we love that sort of stuff here. It's a very schmick
3: little area now, got lots of restaurants nearby and things. Yeah,
4: yeah, like you said, we're really good with names, right? We call the Blue Mountains the Blue Mountains because they're blue.
3: And um, generally, if there's a town that has a main street through it, we call it Main Street.
4: (laughs) Street. (laughs) And then
3: we have the other streets coming off it, which would be First Street, Second (laughs) Street, Third Street. My daughter lives in Ninth Street. Yep,
4: yep. Yeah, really highly intelligent ways of naming things. And then we accidentally
3: name them after pedophiles, and then we have to go change their (laughs) names because we go, oh, we were honoring them till we found out who they were. Let's just change that now. Oh, let's go. It's no longer Rolf Street. Let's
4: change it to something else. (laughs) Oh, oops. Let's go back. (laughs) Rewind. Lots of triggers here, people. Uh, in 1863, the land off Boggo Road was actually set aside as a government reserve, and proclaimed a jail in 1880. The first cell block opened up on July the second, 1883. As normal, it takes a lot of time to build the foundations for a jail like that, and especially mm-hmm. the brick walls that go around it. Yes, yeah, so we found with our Maitland jail. Yes, yes. Now it was built by Robert Porter. And contained 57 cells and was constructed using the old demolished jail on Petrie Terrace. Which is what which my is, soundscape
3: was talking is about. There soundscape. we go. Oh, I like yeah. it when we
4: tie it all in together. So in 1903, there was a new prison that was built to hold female prisoners um, and in the notes that I did have that disappeared, I read that there weren't too many female prisoners in those early days. Oh, no, because
3: so- females were fabulous. They never did anything wrong. No. no.
4: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> or they just they disobeyed their husbands. <laughs> or they couldn't be caught. And um, they were transferred to the old hospital building. Now, out the
3: front, because I've been to Boggo Road Jail, um, and when you walk up to the facade at the front, they've got this beautiful um, sort of, brick facade, and then they've got the date at the top, and then off-centre, it has men, Mm -hmm. men's prison. Mm -hmm. And it it looks odd, because it's like, why wouldn't they put it so it was all lined up nice and neatly? Mm -hmm. And there is a reason for that, Mm. because it used to say women's women's prison, so they just... Chiselled off the W and the O, oh <laughs> left my it like. Gosh. Oh, well, I mean, it's
4: it's recycling. I like it. Reuse it. Yeah. So the new prison uh, is, or became known as Number Two Division, uh, and is now the only section still standing, and mm. is listed uh, in the Queensland State Heritage Re- Register. So thank goodness we've got that. Yeah. Yeah, the number one division was built in 1883 and that was the scene of 42 hangings. 42? 42 hangings. That's a lot. Uh, And that included the hanging of Ernest Austin in Mm. 1913. Talk about him. Which was the last execution in Queensland. Yes, there's a bit of a ghost story. Oh, there is. Mm. He's my grand finale for my Mm. little part. Mm Mm-hmm grand finally. (laughs) The new prison was built around the perimeter of number one prison during the 1960s and the number one prison was demolished, leaving an area that was an oval and uh, became a recreational area and facilities for the new prison that had cold running water and toilet facilities in the cells. Now you have to remember that before that they pooed in a bucket and they peed in a bucket. And they peed in the bucket, same bucket. And I have an original prison bucket. Now, isn't that something to brag about? I know, right? Ew. If uh, We need to put a, an SB11 in there. and say, <laughs> See if it says poo. <laughs> now it might I've, say, get me out of here. <laughs> I, I, I bought an original prison poo bucket on, on auction. Is that what it's listed as, a poo bucket? Um.
3: No. <laughs> can we? But, can I just say something? Yeah. Can we put your SB11 in the in the poo bucket? It's Not v- mine.
4: It's very clean. It's got a lid. Oh, that's supposed to make me feel better. It's got a li- Faraday cage. It's there you a, go. It's a fabulous trigger object. Oh, it is. We've only bought it in once to Maitland, Joe. I think we should use it more often. All right. Well, we'll hook up our headphones experiment
3: too, and I'll put the SB11 <laughs> into the bucket with the wires coming out, and we'll see what happens. Right,
4: so under the Oval was the facility that became known as the Black Hole, and I'm sure you've got stories about this too, where the prisoners were subjected to that vile punishment where they would be put into this place that was darker than dark. And people that have ever experienced darker than dark know what I'm talking about We've here. We've actually
3: got a cell like that at the old Dubbo Jail. Yes. And it it's freaky. Pitch. Whack. And you don't even have to close the door. You just walk in and walk around the corner into that cell and it's dark. Mm. And this is during the day. Mm.
4: Yeah. And, of course, because the walls are so thick, there's no sound as well. Mm. So the only sound you hear is the beating of your heart. Mm. And your own thoughts rattling around in your head. That's right. That's right. So you can imagine how um, prisoners would go in angry and come out insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, I have a a little bit of a story because they mention the black hole, but they also mention the black peter cells, Mm -hmm. which are also like black cells.
3: Right. I was wondering about the black peter. I thought, dare I ask? Yeah. (laughs) Because if we mention 11 inches again, she might go off.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Don't start me. Oh, my God. She's gone bright (laughs) red.
3: I think she's been watching videos during the week.
4: (laughs) But... Do you know where Black Peter comes from or the name Black Peter? Is that something to do with gunpowder or something? No. What? I, I so hope this story is true. I really hope this I'll story is true. just make it too. up. Go for it. Please, if you know more, send us some information. Send us some information. And now I know what we were going to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, to do with the gyro ghost. We might actually um, put that right at the end of this podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. But anyway, um, Black Peter actually comes from the fact that a long, long time ago, when they told when the <laughs> told, Holy Bible said we're close. Okay, when they used to tell stories about Santa Claus, oh, Santa Claus had an off sider Hang on, you comparing name, Jesus' story no, to Santa Claus? No, no, Sorry, no. No, <laughs> no, let me go. Santa Claus had an off and <laughs> Santa Claus's off cider was called Black Peter. Right. And you know why he was called Black Peter. Oh, please
3: not. This is going to be very inappropriate. Just please remember this is from a time gone by. This is We're just repeating a story from a time gone by. I'm dreading the answer. And she's lost it. She's got the giggles we may never find out about Black Peter. I thought it was something to do with um, fireworks, but, you know. What was it, Renata? No. No, is it the obvious that we thought it was? (laughs) No. Well, that's
4: a relief. <laughs> Sorry, people. Um, they used to put here or oh, he used to go down the chimney first and clean it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he used to send black Peter down. He'd clean the chimney out of the ashes. So really his and name so- was
3: Peter and he came out black.
4: <laughs> yes. Yes, he was covered in soot and blackness. I have tears rolling down my face. Oh, his-
3: you fogging up
4: too. <laughs> <laughs> he had yeah. And so Wow he- I'm so relieved. <laughs> Oh, I'm just so relieved right and, now, <laughs> but fancy putting that together with the the black cells, the black cells, yeah. And so they'd call it, oh, obviously an English thing,
3: yeah, must be.
4: Um, but yeah, sorry people, I thought you'd love that as as a piece of. Um,
3: She's wiping her eyes, which is why she sort of went muffled. Yeah, then,
4: as as a piece of history, but there you go. So yeah, when you talk about the dull, the dark cells, mm-hmm. think of Black Peter. So um, <clears throat> here we go. The jail was originally designed to cater for 40 male prisoners serving as a holding place for prisoners heading to St Helena Island. Helena Island. Mm-hmm. We have to do a podcast about that as well mm, okay. in Morton Bay. But, however, by 1989 there were 187 male prisoners and the women's facility had around eight 200 additional prisoners. So really... Both jails for men and women were only supposed to cater for a small number. It exploded out over time. So there were protests at the jail during the 1970s and, you know, the inmates took hunger strikes. Uh, They had rooftop protests. They rioted about the conditions and the treatment and the prison was constantly in the headlines. Uh, It became known as the most notorious prison in Australia, but I dare say that it would have been the Mm. most notorious and horrendous prison in Australia ever since it opened. Yeah. Cells in the number two prison didn't have any form of sanitation or facilities for washing. And this is in the 1970s. Oh, in the 70s. So they really treated... People there very cruelly, although most of you might say that they deserved it. So prisoners were still required to use a bucket through the evening for toilet breaks and slop it out or empty it, as they say, in the morning.
3: I gather they were sharing cells as well. Mm -hmm. The mixing of poop.
4: So the Queensland government got uh, into an inquiry into the living conditions of the state prisons and found that the jail at Boggo Road was absolutely outdated and inadequate for the prisoners' needs. And so number two division was closed in 1989. Now, number one division didn't last long after that. It was closed in 1992 and was demolished in 1996. So only a small section uh, of what was C5 and the guard tower now remain. The women's prison operated all the way up until the year 2000. Oh, wow. And was finally demolished in 2006. So there is now a home... To the Bogo Road Jail Museum, which sits in what's left of Number Two Division, and it has some prison artifacts there. And um, through the 1990s, ex officers came in and they held guided tours on the site. And uh, from 2003, the museum and tours were operated by Boggo Road Jail Historical Society and since December 2012, Boggo Road Jail became a tourist attraction for Queensland uh, with many guided tours and ghost tours yeah. being run there. But we found or I found very little information available online. Uh, there is a book that you can purchase about the history of Boggo Road Jail and it is written by Jack Sim and Jack Sim seems to be the the fellow who has. He is the
3: go-to person for yes. all information on Boggo Road Jail. Absolutely. And I struggled as well. Now, he has written a book called The Ghosts of Boggo Road Jail. I'm sure it's called The Ghosts of. Mm-hmm. Um, and. When you do the ghost tour, everyone is gifted uh, one of these little books mm-hmm. and it's a bit like Monte Cristo. They, they gift you the little ghost story book. Well, I went there three years ago. Do you think I can find the bloody book? <laughs> I was sure I had it somewhere and I couldn't find it. So what I did is I, I, um, I struggled to
4: find information as well. Mm. Now, are you still going with the history? Um, just a, f- a few things. As, as I said, um, 42 people were hanged at the jail there is still a gallows beam that exists uh, and the beam itself says, gallows beam, many noted criminals were hanged on this beam at Boggo Road Jail, Brisbane. Mm -hmm. So very similar to that beam that we hear about at the Skirrid Inn. Ah, Mm -hmm. yes. And, look, they've had people in that jail from... um, Michael Peterson, who was an Australian surfing legend, Wayne Michael Ryan, who was convicted multiple bank robber who tried to escape from Boggo Road twice, Um, Ernest Slim Halliday, Arthur Ernest Slim Halliday, who murdered a taxi driver. 42, like I said, 42 prisoners hanged. Uh, The only woman to be hung in Queensland was also hanged at the jail, Uh, and all of them were really for murder. Uh, You're doing very well.
3: You're hanged in your hungs,
4: by the way. Yeah, we've got uh, a few uh, rape Mm -hmm. um, convictions that were hanged in the earlier days, but most of the later ones or literally all of the later ones for were for committing murder. The last one here, Ernest Austin, uh, was hanged for the rape and murder of 11-year-old Ivy Mitchell at Cedar Creek. Yes, and I've got a whole story about that,
3: uh, which I found in the newspaper. Yeah. So don't you steal that one on me. That's <laughs> an interesting one. It's a one. very interesting one because there is a lot of contradictory stories that are going on about his... Um, his Mental ex- state. You no, know, his t- execution.
4: Oh, okay. Oh, yes. I heard about his mental state and him being taken over by the devil. But anyway. Yeah, excuse me. Get off my stories. <laughs> I'll let you go. I'll let you run with it. You've taken a good story. That's it. I'm done. I'll let you run with it.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
5: To find out if it's right for you. So,
3: um, what I ended up doing was I listened to the Boggo Jail's website official um, podcast that they had on the ghost there, and that was Jack Sims talking to one of the tour guide Sam. Uh, I also. I looked at Jeff Belanger's Most Haunted Places book. Uh, I got into the Trove newspapers. I found interviews with Jack Sims. There was a, another article on the occultworld.com and the paranormalguide.com. And I've gathered up all the information I could to try and give you a, an idea. And, and this is listed as one of the most haunted places in the world. It's mm-hmm. in Jeff Belanger's book mm-hmm. as one of the most haunted places in
4: the world. Mm-hmm. There's another podcast called Haunted Places. Mm-hmm that um, tells it as a story. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of stories on that podcast if anyone's interested and uh, I'll listen to that one. Now, as I said, the mo-
3: the most notorious ghost there is Ernest Austin, but I'm going to go to him last uh, and I'll start off with just some general ghost stories that uh, have been reported. Now, the the jail itself was... What's left of it was sort of saved by uh, a tour guide, no to a um, jail warden, guard, whatever you call them, called John Banks, and two other former guards. they were the ones that sort of saved Division Two and made it into a museum. Now John started work there at nine or in 1972, and uh, he had se- he's heard warders laughing about the stories about the ghosts. Uh, but he also has his own stories. But let me just tell you that it is also used, right, the jail's used for tours, for film shoots, for weddings and private functions. Mm-hmm. But they don't like you to investigate with paranormal equipment. Oh. Now, there was a, um, what's the girls' ghost group that we've got here in Australia? Australia Down Under. Yeah. They um, booked a private uh tour, I suppose, Mm -hmm. um, of the jail, and they were talking to Jack Sims as they went around, and um, they were allowed to go in there with their cameras Mm -hmm. uh, and recorders, but they weren't allowed to use any paranormal technology. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Right, so the first time Banks heard about the ghosts of Boggo Road Jail was shortly after he started work there in the 1970s. He said that they had officers there that you'd have to relieve at 2am in the morning because they just didn't want to be there anymore. They'd turn around and be white as a sheet and said, I've just seen a ghost. So you'd have to move them away from that particular spot and put them somewhere else. They've had officers that have seen ghosts walking around. And they'll see a person walk by when they know quite well that they're the only one in that area. Mm-hmm. There is supposedly a, uh, a ghost of a guard there. Uh, there was a, a guard killed in 1966, and they think that this is the officer Bernard Ralph who was the only officer ever killed there, and he had his head smashed in by a a prisoner wielding a heavy metal bar.
4: Mm. I just had a cold rush all the way from the bottom of my spine to the top of my head.
3: Oh, now you passed it to me. Thanks for that. Now, interestingly, in Jeff Belange's book, they said that the name was withheld as the family was still living in the area, but in one of the other ones, they quite proudly said his name. So Mm. I just thought it was a little interesting thing. Uh, Now, we go on to Sims, uh, Jack Sims. Is it Sim or Sims? Jack Sims. Uh, He has seen a specter on his ghost tours of Boggo Road. Uh, He's seen the the prisoner of the prison prison officer walking the grounds of number two division. Uh, Now, they, they also talk about this area around the outside Of the prison blocks, and it's sort of like where they. Big tunnel. Well, no, it's this gravel. Oh, it's gravel? Yeah, they Mm -hmm. put this area that is all gravel, and the idea is you can't walk quietly on gravel. Mm -hmm. So if anyone was trying to escape, Mm -hmm. you would hear them in this area. And it's like, I think they call it no man's land Mm -hmm. or dead man's land because they can shoot you dead from there. Uh, But uh, they hear people's footsteps walking across. And this is one of the areas I do remember. It was very eerie. I didn't see any ghosts there, but um, they they tell the ghost stories in each area. And I think I had Sam as my tour guide, and he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He was really good. So as you were saying, the the old buildings there and the cell and the furniture sort of... It, it's a very rigid, harsh lifestyle that they had to live there, and the prisoners were forced into into submission, others into madness and suicide, and some were lucky to get out at the end with their lives, but mm. yeah. probably never the same again. So, you imagine the the horror and the torment that has seeped into every mm-hmm. piece of that structure. There is one documented ghost encounter in 1970 when a prison officer saw what he referred to as a big, white, shapeless mass on the top of the dividing wall of the exercise yard in the old number one division. It was in the early hours of the morning, and the officer claimed the white mass slid off the wall and disappeared into the darkness. The spot where he saw the ghost was just behind A Wing, where the gallows used to be. Mm-hmm. The prison officer asked for a transfer to Townsville <laughs> Jail, and who could blame them?
4: <laughs> now I've uh, I read somewhere that they actually transported the old gallows from the Petrie Terrace site mm-hmm. to the new yard when the jail opened, and the first hanging there was a triple hanging—three at once. Mm. Oh, wow!
3: Oh, God, I hope they didn't do them one at a time. Could you imagine being the next one waiting oh, to go? Oh, they would... probably did them one at a time, you know. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then they've mentioned here about the it's impossible to walk on the gravel without making lots of crunching noises. Guards <laughs> have reported seeing darting shadows and other ghosties. Uh And the the guards avoid doing the night shift if possible and there are some screws that even refuse, just flatly refuse to do the night shift Uh, and they would do anything to swap onto a different night. They just didn't want to have anything to do with it because it was so terrifying. But then on the other hand, if you did speak to the guards about the ghosts there, and Mm -hmm. this has happened to us at Maitland Jail as Mm -hmm. well, they'll scoff and say there are no ghosts. Yeah,
4: They need to keep tough and be tough. Even though they've probably seen something, Mm -hmm. they won't admit it. Nope. Now, I've got some
3: prisoner stories here as well. So we've done the guards. Mm -hmm. Let's get on to the prisoners. Now, uh, I heard this on the um, podcast. Now, we have in Maitland Jail, we have sweeper cells. Yes. Yep. yep. So they were the cells that were given to the most trusted people in the jail because they had to handle implements. They'd have brooms and things like mm-hmm. that, which and they were normally the long-termers that would have that, and then they would have subordinates underneath them, mm-hmm. but it was a very trusted job. So there was one of these sweepers, and he was one of the old fellas that had been there for a long time, and uh, he was talking about how he used to set up um, a little trap on where the old uh, scaffold was and apparently this scaffold had been welded shut and could no longer open but the prisoners at night would hear it dropping open mm-hmm. so he set up this little thing where he put matches into the grooves around the where it had been welded shut mm-hmm. so it couldn't physically fall out, it's welded shut he would come out the next day and those matches would be on the ground as if they had fallen through. Oh isn't that cool? Oh I got goosebumps on oh, yes. and gave myself goosebumps. Now that prisoner actually wished to remain anonymous. Mm. Mm. Now there is a the ghost of a woman that is reported there. She is seen upstairs in the number two division, greyish white. <gasps> Could be you, Renata. <laughs> Can't be two places at once. <laughs> um so she's often seen up the top there, staring down various people have seen it um, they don't actually use it as part of their tour but they've had so many people who have actually witnessed it that sometimes it will be brought up on their tour and they'll say oh yes that, that is the, the woman that you know, people will talk about now they think it could be Ellen Thompson there is a a photo in the exhibit that they've got at the the museum which matched the description of what people have reported and she was executed there
4: Mm -hmm. the only woman to be executed yeah Mm -hmm.
3: so she's been seen during the day and the night but then that makes you wonder have they been into the exhibit beforehand and seen that Mm -hmm. and it's subconsciously sitting with them Mm -hmm. maybe not maybe not at all Now, the interesting thing with her as well is that she wasn't executed in that area or that building. She would never have been in that area. So why is she there? Uh, Although they did say that female officers had a similar looking outfit to the one that she was described in dark clothes with an apron over the top. So... Maybe it could have been one of the the female warders, Mm -hmm. or maybe it could have been the matron who had worked there for five years and she had to give up her job, which she loved Mm -hmm. because of illness. So maybe she's come back there in death. Who knows? There is a male officer that saw a, a short, older, petite woman upstairs in D-Wing at the time when no females were there and the woman was wearing black. So there's this woman in black that seems to appear all over the place.
4: So they're definitely wandering around. Mm. They, might, they might be ghosts that are associated with the jail itself, but they're not necessarily in one spot, mm-hmm. so not in a cell or not. In a corridor, they they seem to wander around. Yeah, and
3: this is one of the arguments that's used with the the last um, inmate that I'll get onto. But um, are ghosts stuck to their particular location or building, or is that only a residual energy that will keep showing up in that particular location? And if they're intelligent, mm-hmm. they can move around. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get on to my favourite ghost. Okay, tripod. Oh, tripod! you heard a tripod? No. <laughs> She's got a worried look oh, on her face. hold on! Let's, yes. I'm going to strap yep. myself in. Yeah, yeah, here we go. for this one. During a night tour, a visitor felt something brush past her leg. No. Looking down, she saw a black and white three-legged cat walk no. away. <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> you got a dirty mind, Renata. <laughs> Upon inquiring with the guard um, about the experience, they recognized the description as belonging to Tripod the Cat, which had made itself at home in the prison in the 1970s. Now, apparently, this is a real cat that was living Mm -hmm. there. he got hurt in the riots that were there and oh, lost no. his leg. Uh, and one of the prisoners there used to look after him and he was well loved by the inmates. And he is a cat that is commonly seen there. I love this. I've got Bumps. Uh, so he was a three-legged cat, cared by the prisoner, lost his jail, a leg in a jail riot. He died when he was about 15 years old. And guests can feel the cat rubbing against their leg. They can hear him meowing. And, of course, Jack has seen Tripod. Uh, Didn't realise what it was at the time. And he was there's this little garden area when you walk through the the main gates and there's a garden to the right and to the left. Uh, And the Tripod is actually buried in Mm -hmm. the garden. I think it's the one on the right. Now, Jack heard this rustling in the tree and something leapt sort of dashed out past him this blur he went to go and look to see what it was and couldn't find what it was Uh, and it was only after he sort of thought about it he realised it might have been tripod Mm -hmm. because apparently he used to have this way of bounding that uh, was well known Mm -hmm. and and Dan who used to look after him had described you know this, this sort of bounding and it was on the same side the cat was buried. Wow yeah and they they proudly point out the fact. Oh, that's where tripods buried. And I'm, oh, that's just so lovely. Anyway, so mm-hmm. I don't actually have any ghost stories about the black hole or whatever it was. What did you call it? Black Peter? Uh, sorry. Yeah. I, I can't find anything. It's it's really odd. But I mean, that was the jail before the Boggo Road jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the stories do come from Jack Sims, Sim, sorry, which made me start to get a little bit sort of suspicious if they're running the ghost tours there and he's the one that's got all the ghost stories, but I will get into that a little bit later. Okay. I'm going to get on to my grand finale, which is Ernest Austin, the last person executed in Queensland. He was hung, hanged. Hanged, and I've got to get right, mm-hmm. for the rape and murder of 11-year-old Ivy Mitchell and it is said by some that he mocked the witnesses at his execution, stating that he would return from the grave. Now this is where we get different reports of what happened at this particular hanging, mm-hmm. yeah, hunging. Hanging, hanging. hanging. <laughs> hanging, 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 hanging. Um, so the Brisbane Courier reports it as. I ask you all to forgive me. I ask the people of Sanford to forgive me. I ask my mother to forgive me. May you all live long and die happy. God save the king. God save the king. God be with you all. Send a wire to my mother and tell her I died happy, won't you? Yes, tell her I died happy with no fear. Goodbye all. Goodbye all. And then it was hung That sounds like absolute bullshit to me. <sighs> Then we get the old-timers. Now, the old-timers who were there yeah. report what happened. Yep. They reckon he laughed and he said she loved it, referring to his victim. She enjoyed it, oh. referring to the way that, of what he did to her. And I would do it again if I could. Stories wow. tell of him laughing hysterically while being hanged and managed to slip out one last giggle out before he died now apparently this laughter can still be heard around the prison and he's often seen shrieking and laughing like a banshee at you from the upper floors and it is also said that he made a pact with the devil mm-hmm. now he had to gather a certain amount of souls mm-hmm. so that he could enter hell
4: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. yep that's the story that even I've... the devil didn't want him and set a very high amount of souls that he had to collect, which he is still trying to collect to this day. So he is said to haunt Division 2, and at night prisoners hear him walking around footsteps and stop in front of the cell. And if the ghost heard a noise, he would enter into the cell and kill them, collecting their soul. Mm Mm-hmm prisoners stated that also if they saw the face of Austin at their cell door before entering he would then come in and torment them because they had seen him. Guards may find people dead in their beds and the prisoners would say it was Ernie because Ernie had to keep gathering those souls to get his quota's worth but even hell didn't want Ernie because he was just too bad. Now, I found a newspaper article from The Truth mm-hmm. dated uh, from Sunday, the 9th of April, 1950. Mm-hmm. I would like to read you some of this. Mm-hmm. Now, it is, this is the one that I just wanted to put the warning in about because it is quite graphic. But they have said that at the time of his death, A Banshee Wailed at Old Boggo Jail. Now, is this the mix-up of him cackling as he was dying Mm -hmm. in his insanity or was it truly a banshee? But let me read you this story. I'll, I'll, I'll just read part of it. It may go for a little bit but it's really fascinating. It's titled A Banshee Wailed at Boggo Road eerie cry at hanging of murderer of Samford Child. Shrill and stunningly sudden, supernatural perhaps, was the cry which penetrated like an arrow the heavy brooding calm which prevailed the execution yard of Brisbane Prison on the morning of September 22nd, 1930, as Ernest Austin, the last man to be hanged in Queensland, was about to hurtle to his doom through a gallows trapdoor. It was perhaps the screech of a bird. Perhaps it was the cry of a child hurt at play in a nearby yard. Or perhaps it was a spiritual shriek from beyond the grave. A spine-chilling ethereal acknowledgement that Austin's little girl victim was being avenged and justice was being done. At all events, to those pressmen and jail officials whose grim duty it was to witness the execution, the cry, which echoed and re-echoed through the penitentiary while Austin stood on the scaffold, was the most nerve-wracking and perplexing emotion it is possible for a man to experience. Various explanations were put forward in the press at the time to account for the phenomena, but the question remained... Was it a bird, or child, or the departed victim of a fiendish murderer's lust? Now it goes on a little bit about the crime here and I just want people to understand how vile this man was. The crime for which Ernest Austin was hanged was perpetrated in the small farming district of Samford near Brisbane. In the vicinity of the old Parker State School. It was a crime of extraordinary ferocity and callousness, as could be judged from the disturbed nature of the earth and foliage at the scene of the murder. Mute evidence of the brave battle for life the victim had waged against the bestial sexual attacker, who almost severed her head from her well-developed body, during the dreadful assault in which she was manhandled before being killed. Victim of the murder was Ivy Alexandra Mitchell, 12 years old. Her killer was Ernest Austin, otherwise known as Johnson, a native of Victoria where he had been convicted of a previous sex crime. It was a beautiful sunny winter's morning on June 8th when Ivy Mitchell kissed her father and mother goodbye on the Sanford Creek Road at 10.30 on that tragic Sunday. She was going to spend the day with a Mrs Frisch some three miles away. Her parents delayed on the veranda of their farmhouse for a while to watch their daughter on her way with happy smiles. They waved in return to Ivy's goodbye waves. They watched their child disappear down the bush road. Never again were they destined to see her alive. The little girl spent an enjoyable day at the home of Mrs Frisch, She started on her homeward journey about 4.30 in the afternoon. She was carrying a bunch of flowers and a packet of sweets, gifts of Mrs Frisch. On the way home, she stopped to speak to a school friend by the name of Sarah. Apart from the murder, the girl Smith was the last person to see her alive. When Ivy did not arrive home at 6 o'clock that evening, her brother James went with a lantern to look for her and subsequently her father went and joined his son in the search for the girl. They went as far as Smith's where they'd learned that Ivy had passed over an hour before. Retracing their tracks and examining the ground carefully, they found footprints of naked little feet and large boots going side by side, leading into the scrub. Their fears for the girl's safety were quickly aroused and they sought others' help. Hurried messages were sent to other neighbours and the police in Brisbane, and by 12.30 that night, detectives from the city were conducting investigations. The searchers, following the footmarks into the bush, came upon the cruelly mutilated body of the murdered girl, lying in a pool of blood. It was a sickening sight which was revealed by the light of the hurricane lamps. Nearby was a bunch of flowers and a broken packet of sweets strewn about. Close to the body was a riding whip. The girl's body had been horribly torn about. The head had been practically hacked from the neck by some sharp instrument, presumably a knife. There was all the evidence that a grim struggle had taken place. And the girl had offered strong resistance to the killer, evidently the girl screamed, but her cries had been unheard it's pretty pretty horrible isn't it mm. And I just yep. I look at that last part, and um the girl screamed, but her cries were unheard. I wonder if she was heard as that banshee mm. yeah it's that that residual. sound of the forlorn so this is why the devil would not take his soul because he was so horrific the crime he committed was so horrific that even Satan didn't want him Mm. and that's why they've got the whole story about him collecting the souls before he would be allowed into hell Mm -hmm. now one of the problems with this ghost that haunts the jail is that He's in the wrong area. He's supposed to... He's said to be in Division 2, but he never set foot in that wing. In 1913, when he was executed, Number 2 Division was actually a prison for women. mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, again, what we were talking before, if he was just residual, he would be wherever that building was... But uh, he is seen in Division 2, so who knows. But they also talk about, the old-timers talk about um, that ghost appearing to them all throughout the jail collecting souls. so I suppose that could be a reason why he is wandering around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the other thing is the old-timers would love to torment the new people coming in. Yes. And they would make up stories or embellish stories, or know the sounds of the jail and could turn it into a story that would terrify Mm -hmm. a young man that was coming into that jail. And we have one at Maitland Jail exactly like that. We do? Satan's cell. Oh, we do. Satan's cell, of course. Uh, Yeah, but... I just thought it was important to read her story. I don't know why I was compelled to do that, but I really felt the need to do that. So that's why we put the warning in the beginning of this show, because of that particular thing. Now, I have been there. Yes. It's um, a really well-run tour, but it is ghost stories. They do not like paranormal investigators investigating. Uh, the, the As I said before, the... A lot of these stories are coming from Jack Sim, who has collected them. Mm-hmm. But that's his job as a historian, to mm-hmm. collect that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do run, when it's not locked down, they run tours uh, on Thursday night. Friday night, they have two tours. Saturday night, they have three tours. Sunday night, they have a tour. So that's a lot at $45 for a two-hour tour, which I think is quite a reasonable price. Yes, Now, Sam, who is the other tour guide, is very honest. He said he's experienced nothing, Mm -hmm. had absolutely nothing happen to him, but he has had a lot of people on the tours with him that have experienced things. A woman was grabbed on the shoulder and the woman blamed him for grabbing her on the shoulder, trying to scare her, mm-hmm. and he's going, "No, I didn't touch you." And she, like she was starting to get really angry and worked up, and apparently her friend said, "No, I was watching. He never touched you." Mm-hmm. So that that was something that happened very close to him and scared the life out of him because he was going to get in trouble. Uh, but there was one other thing I wanted to read for you, and and this is something I really wanted to to point out before I read this. Um, They say that with the ghost tours that they run there, they don't incorporate guests' experiences. They are reporting stories that have been told by the prison guards Mm -hmm. and the people who worked there Mm -hmm. and the people who were incarcerated there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what turned it around for me because I I thought – I always get suspicious when they're basing their ghost stories on psychics and mediums who have come to the jail and told them what they perceive is there. That's true. That that always bugs me because you just don't know the ability of the person who has told you that story. So the fact that they're taking it from the warders and the prisoners gives me hope. Mm-hmm. First-person stories, they yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, so... Even though it is Jack that is collecting them all, I I think he is just a very passionate person about that location Um, and we have to take his word for it Mm -hmm. because the prisoners and the warders don't want to be named. Mm -hmm. So we can't collaborate what they've told. Yeah. Anyway, there was some prisoner graffiti and I wanted to read it out to you. Look at me now, screw, and remember. Remember when I pluck out your eyes and crush them in my fist, Give you a seeing eye dog to see with. Look at me now, dog eyes. Look at me now. Isn't that
4: just creepy? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, there were some lovely people in that that prison. Yeah, (laughs) yep.
3: So- I've been. It certainly has a creepy vibe to it. I can't say I experienced anything paranormal. I thought it was a beautifully run tour and um, they've collected the history and they've maintained it really well. It is something I would love to take you on. Mm -hmm. So what do you reckon? Is this a haunted,
4: a true haunting or not? I think, look, and because we've worked at a jail ourselves, um, we're kind of a little bit biased here. Mm. So I'd. I would give it a benefit of the doubt. I would love to go in and check it out for myself. Well, next time we're up in Queensland, we'll have to take Connor and
3: Zach and everyone up there. I we'll, know. we'll take Josh and Sam and, yeah, we'll all go visit the jail together. What do you reckon? Oh, I'm sure they're just... They can't wait. Our bags pushing Zach through the door first.
4: <laughs> now, before before we finish up, uh, I just want to mention because I did remember uh, this. Uh, it came through during the week, and uh, we not long ago did a story on the Gyra Ghost. Oh, we did. And lo and behold, this week comes through a comment on that story and it is a comment from a living member of the family I know I was just Which is so <sighs> exciting <sighs> Wow And she mentioned that the house still stands mm-hmm. and that family members still remember the stories of Auntie Minnie of Auntie Minnie, and I would so love more information. It'd be fabulous. So thank you for passing on that information. You really made our day. Absolutely, and and look, we we offer this to anyone. If if you are out there and you are sitting on a story, or you are connected with any of the stories that we mention, the Australian ones, um, or even the overseas ones, and you have more information that would put more light onto these sites or onto these personal stories, please get in contact with us. We would love to change stories if we have to, or to validate stories by you reaching out to us. And we can have an
3: addendum. Addendum. Yeah, we
4: absolutely <laughs> offer this. So thank you.
3: And thank you for joining us on this week's episode of True Hauntings. You know the deal, guys. Make sure you subscribe to us. Find us on YouTube, Anne and Renata. Check out our new paranormal truth and dare and our paranormal trash or treasure. We've got great little episodes popping up there all the time. We're on TikTok or on Facebook. We're in everything you can think of. Instagram, please Share it around. Share the love so that we can continue to make more episodes for you guys. So thank you so much. And we'll
4: see you on the dark dark side. Bye.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network.